We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. I'm so, so grateful to have you here with us here today on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. And we all know that gratitude is a powerful practice. It's easy to be grateful for the wonderful things in our lives, but how easy is it to be grateful for those things that are not so great? Can you take a moment and acknowledge the experiences that have been painful, challenging, or maybe even awful? And can you now open your heart in gratitude and thanksgiving for those things? A Course in Miracles says all things are lessons God would have us learn. And I know for me, some of those lessons have been really tough. One of the toughest was a past relationship, an engagement that ended abruptly and without explanation. And I have to tell you, I spent a lot of time looking at the wreckage in the rearview mirror. And then I wondered why my life was not moving forward in a positive way. I finally figured it out. I needed to stop looking backwards with regret and start looking forward with hope. I needed to learn my lessons and forgive everyone involved, including me. I needed to start acknowledging my value, and I needed to learn how to be grateful for everything, all of it. And once I really did this, an extraordinary man showed up in my life, and I was ready for him. Here is part of a poem that reminds us to be grateful for the blessings of our challenges. It is called Be Thankful. Be thankful for the difficult times during those times that you grow. Be thankful for your limitations because they give you the opportunity for improvement. Be thankful for each new challenge because it will build your strength and character. Be thankful for your mistakes that will teach you valuable lessons. It's easy to be thankful for the good things. A life of rich fulfillment comes to those who are also thankful for the setbacks. Gratitude can turn a negative into a positive. Find a way to be thankful for your troubles and they will become your blessings. Well, today I'm talking to a relationship expert that really shows people how to embody the healing process and their past with gratitude in a fun, powerful, direct, and effective way. We are hanging out with Charlie Emery. Her book, Thank Goodness You Dumped His Ass, Use Those Mr. Wrongs to Lead You Straight to Mr. Right, has been referred to as the Bible of Relationships by many of her readers. Charlie is a personal strategist and a TV personality with a fresh and savvy business approach to love and to life. Charlie is a trauma survivor who used her own instincts to transform virtually every aspect of her life before becoming a strategic resource for others. Charlie possesses a deep passion for helping people live the life they want to live rather than being a victim of the life they don't want. Charlie is wonderfully adept at helping people recycle challenging experiences into tools that boost results in every area of their lives while simultaneously and appreciatively bouncing their unwanted and unneeded baggage to the curb. So, Charlie, I'm so happy to have you here today on Empower Radio. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. You are amazing. And I just love the title of your book. Thank goodness you dumped his ass. How did you come up with this title for your book? (laughs) Well, I was in the process of outlining the book and I knew I wanted to write this book that was going to help people, you know, help women develop these fantastic relationships. 
And I was literally sitting with a girlfriend, didn't even have the title yet. And she said to me, do you, I was still going through my, I was like at the very tail end of a long divorce. Okay. Big, big lesson. And she said, do you realize how many amazing things have happened in your life just over the last year that you said, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And she said, they're all happening or they're about to happen. And I said, yeah, you know, sometimes when I look around at my new life unfolding, I just think, thank goodness I dumped his ass. And as it was coming out of my mouth, I said, that's it. That's the title. Because in truth, I was thankful because that process of dealing with all the stuff I had to deal with with him and say, how did I end up there? It also inspired me to look at the other areas of my life and say, okay, I'm definitely taking the relationship up a notch, but what else can I take up a notch? And it literally impacted my entire life. I love seeing you really embody your teachings. And I mean, and it, it seems so authentic when you say this. And, and again, it's hard. It's sometimes hard to be very um, in our heart and grateful for the tough challenges, the lessons. But it seems to me, as you're saying, this was really authentic for you. And before we go into that, that practice of gratitude for the tough things, I'd like to know a little bit more about your backstory, because it's pretty powerful. And, and to know how far you've come to get where you're at. So can you tell me a little bit about your history? Sure. Well, I was definitely handed several different things that I would have to <laughs> figure out how to be thankful for later. And, and yes. reconcile those. And, and it started really at a young age where I was the product of an interracial marriage. My parents happily married after, you know, more than 45 years now. And they went through an unbelievable time in, in the Boston area. We had people spray paint our cars, poison our pets, just everything that they could do to tell us that we weren't welcome. So it started with really extreme prejudice that put this idea in my head as a very young child that I wasn't safe and I better stay under the radar and I better be as pleasing as I could because I already had this mark against me that, you know, was, was not good, was not good in other people's eyes. So as I went through that, that definitely, you know, it caused me to kind of go into myself and I danced and I did a lot of stuff with my schooling, that was sort of my thing is I said, okay, well, it's all about my brain. You know, if I have to worry about this other part on the outside, then I'm going to just make it all about my brain. And what ended up happening is in my freshman year of college, in my sophomore year of college, excuse me, first semester, I was um, raped um, just off campus by an upperclassman. And it just destroyed me. And I thought, you know, I tried to handle it. I didn't want anybody to know because, of course, I had this whole idea that I have to be as perfect as possible because I already have this mark against me. So I didn't want my parents to know because I felt like that would be a burden on them and they already had enough stress dealing with everything. And I just thought I have to, I have to control this. And so in trying to control it, I gave it complete power over me and I became so paranoid and depressed on campus, I had to leave. So I left before my second semester of sophomore year. And then about seven months later, this, I, I was assaulted again. And this time, you know, it was the trying to escape the issues and you go see friends down in Cape Cod and everybody's drinking underage. And I was left by a friend at a club who, you know, didn't want anything to happen to me. She was just having a selfish moment of wanting to go hang out with her boyfriend on the beach. And I was um, raped by one of the, the bouncers at the club. So it was just horrific. And after that, I repressed the trauma for seven years, put on 50 pounds, and just became a completely different person. I thought I could no longer be who I meant to be, and that was just too much. And 
I kind of checked out, you know, and I hid for seven years. So when I came out of that time, I I lost the weight. That's what brought all the memories back. And I thought, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you know, part of me was thinking, was totally fascinated because I've always studied human behavior and always been fascinated by why we do what we do. And so this was like front and center for me. How did I become another person for seven years? And I immediately heard myself saying to myself, you can't be who you are going to be and you're going to have to be someone else. And it made sense to me that I created this other person who didn't have a trauma, who had different interests. And I mean, literally the only thing that stayed the same was the music I listened to and the fact that I love wine and collect wine. Those were the only two things that stayed the same between that period of time when I was repressing the trauma and, you know, what's authentic to me now. So it was pretty fascinating. And I couldn't find anybody. I just really didn't. I knew I didn't need therapy. I just knew that. And it was like, here is this reemergence of a person who says, okay, I'm going to stop giving everything else power and I'm going to take my power back. And for me, power is choice. And the minute that somebody said, you're not capable of doing that. You need this. And I didn't feel that. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so I did the work myself and then, you know, became that very solution-oriented resource that I couldn't find for me. That's amazing. I mean, you clearly are a very, very, very powerful soul and that you were able to uh, get in touch with your own inner resources to help you navigate through this. It's, it is fascinating. It's fascinating. You became your own case study. And, and something you said just kind of blew my mind. Um, when you try to control things outside of you, you're actually giving your power away to those things. That is, to me, such a profound little uh, nugget of wisdom that it, it's like, kind of blown my mind a little bit. I love that. I love that. So to me, the message, your message is really about people taking their power back. Is that accurate? It is. I think, I think it starts with people understanding what power is. And I think most people don't really understand what power is because we're so used to seeing it as money and things like that. But the reality is power is choice. And in truth, when we look at someone who has a lot of money or a very, uh, you know, high position where they have a lot of status, what you're really looking at is a person who has created more choices. They have more options at their disposal, and that's why their power is increased. But it's not actually the money that increases the power. It's the fact that they've created more choices. And so if we really look at ourselves and recognize that our greatest power at any point in time in our lives is our choice, then we can begin to be more aware of the choices we're making and accountable to ourselves about how those choices actually align with what we want to experience and create in our lives. I love that, Charlie. That's so, that's so profound because often I think when we're in that position of being a victim, we don't feel we have choices, but no matter how bad things are, we always do. And I love that you help people really understand that and and embrace it. So what is one of the most crucial things you've learned from all of your experiences? Oh, without question, the most crucial thing I learned is that it is really so much less about what actually happens to you and more about what you decide about you and your life after it happens. That's what makes the difference. That's fantastic. I wish I could have talked to you after my fiance dumped my ass. <laughs> mm, yeah, I found my way, but you, you can, you, it seems like you can make the process very, um, 
you can expedite the process. If people are really open to healing and learning, it seems like you can make this happen or help them uh, get to the other side very quickly. Yeah, that's really my passion. And that came from me. You know, if there's one thing, if I, you know, I'm like really, really big on saying, okay, don't project things onto other people. If there's one thing that in a sense I do project just in a general sense, it's that, that urgency to live the life you're live, you know, love the life that you're living rather than studying the one that you don't. And when I repressed that trauma for seven years, you know, I was at a crossroads coming out of that because I could have either taken a chunk of time to think about everything that I didn't do in my twenties and, oh my gosh, now I'm at this point and I, you know, all this time and I could look at it as wasted time or I could, which is where I was at. I'm, I was so excited to have me back and figure out who that really was, that it was all about, let's make this time count because any moment that I waste being angry at myself, being resentful about what happened, feeling guilty or any of that stuff is just a time stealer. It's an illusion. And that's where the wasted time actually comes in, not with what happened. And so I got this passion for saying, okay, wait a minute. If I want to, you know, when they would say, well, rise above your challenges, I thought, well, that's kind of still work though. You know, can't can't I figure (laughs) out a way to like play with this strategically and comb through it so that it's more like an elevator that just naturally makes me rise and takes me to a new place in my life. (laughs) And that's really how I am with my work is everybody that comes in, I'm like, all right, let's get this done. Let's figure out the pieces we really need because there's a lot of extraneous stuff. But sometimes going into all of that, all it does is distract you from what you're really wanting. And it can take even longer to get there. And it can be more painful. Yeah. You say that it doesn't take, it doesn't have to take a lot of time and it doesn't have to hurt that much. It's like you are really um, a specialist in helping people recycle their experiences. Yes. I strategically comb through the different experiences that they've had, even coming through childhood. And I'm looking for, you know, intuitively, there's just pieces that stand out to me. And it's like, okay, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. When we put it all together, it's like taking these, you know, it's like the constellations. You know, if you're not an astronomer, you just look and you go, well, that's a bunch of dots. You know, <laughs> but then somebody yes. teaches you what it looks like and you go, oh, there it is. And that's really what I, I think one of my greatest passions in my work is removing the mystery. Because that's what also makes people feel less powerful. But when it's clear, when you can see it, and all of a sudden something that just seemed like these random events that you couldn't escape, and now you see this incredible pattern, it frees you. And you realize, wow, now with these strategic corrections I'm going to make, obviously I can create any kind of results I want going forward. That's absolutely right. And I think you know, when we're overwhelmed, when we're, we're confused, we really could use some help and some support helping, uh, assisting us in seeing the bigger picture. So you're really great at uh, having people see their lives from a higher perspective and the pieces of the puzzle coming together. And they have these, I think, profound revelations, these epiphanies that, that aha. And, and to me, that's a miracle when you have that shift in perception and it can happen very, very quickly. And I, I love that that is that is your uh, platform. That's how you work. That's what you do. And uh, it's exciting. It's so exciting how you empower people this way. Oh, thank you so much. So um, you talk about the power and practice of awareness and accountability and how those um, qualities can help us live more fulfilling lives. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? 
Yes. Well, you know, in, in going through my healing process, I was definitely my own case study. And one of the, the crucial pieces, I think, right at the beginning that helped was that when I came out, the one awareness I had is I remembered telling myself I could no longer be me. And that was a big part of the reason why I said, I don't need therapy. I just need to figure out where the other glitches are because that is what created this. You know, yes, the experiences happened, but it was what I told myself. So with, you know, awareness today, we have so much technology and people are just, they're in their phones and they're in their tablets and they're, it's like, you don't even get to go to the grocery store and just focus on the beauty of the vegetables because, you know, Hmm. people are calling you and texting you and you're trying to remember what do you need. And I think the crucial thing that we lose there is our awareness. We not only lose awareness of our surroundings, which is dangerous from a safety perspective, but we've become so used to just kind of running through life that when we, our body tries to tell us this hurts, that hurts, and then we go to the doctor and then the doctor gives us a pill for it, well, so often those aches, those, those things are warning signs in your body mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. trying to tell you something you need to do for you. And if we just run off and again, we stay in that pattern of running instead of taking a moment and saying, okay, what am I feeling? What am I needing? And is it something that I can do for me before I just stay in that pattern of running and trying to, you know, put band-aids on stuff? Let me see first. And then you'll know, do you need to go to that next level? But the awareness comes from us being able to have a sense of how, where, what do we want? What is it we want to experience in our lives and how do we want to experience it? And then when we, when we have that clarity, that's when we can take that same awareness and apply it to our immediate environment and say, okay, let me look at how I'm setting up my life and how I'm setting up my day. And do I need to pull back a little bit? And am I deciding that, you know, that that this slew of activities and responsibilities I've given myself is what I'm supposed to do when in truth, that's an illusion and it's just a self-imposed obligation and it's not really something I need to do. Am I teaching the people around me in my life that I'm going to always do more than what I'm really comfortable doing or what my body is able to do? You know, it's having that awareness. And the way that I like to look at it as is like, think about a zoom lens. You know, really when I work with my clients, I'm always teaching them to start looking at life with themselves, kind of like a zoom lens where you can zoom out and you can look at the big picture of your life and go, okay, wait, wait, what do I want again? Oh, that's right. Because your day to day, you're zoomed in, but sometimes you got to zoom out and you got it. And then you zoom back in and you say, okay, wait, this thing that I zoomed in on right now, is it, does it fit into that big picture that I have and how does it fit? How does it relate? How does it conflict? Do you know what I'm saying? And that's the accountability part of it where you're now using your awareness to look at the actions and the choices you're about to take ahead of time and say, is this the right path? Do I need to tweak this? Do I need to change this? Do I need to say no? That's so beautiful. You know, I I talk about gaining altitude. I love the zoom lens analogy. I talk about being the mouse versus the hawk. So that, that's really beautiful because it's the small things going to, that's going to support us in getting to the, our, our future. So to be able to have that zoom lens perspective, it's like really are those small steps taking you the direction you want to go to the destination you, you want to get to. So that's a really powerful analogy. I, I just love that, Charlie. You're so cool. smart and so pretty. I just, you're, you've got it all. You really do. You have it all. This is just, 
wonderful for me to have this conversation with you. I'm so, so grateful. So you, I, I love this um, concept. It's so very, very different than anything I've ever talked, talked about or taught. You speak about taking a business approach to love. I find that very interesting, very fascinating, something very different. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. Well, if we look today, right, we, I mean, women have successfully penetrated virtually every industry in the workplace. And yet we have never been more disempowered in relationships than today. So when we're out there saying we can have it all, we can do it all. Well, what happened? How did we go from having the home front a certain way? And then we say, well, no, I want to go out and create a career. And now we're totally prospering in the career sector. And yet so many women are seeing um, a loss in their personal sector, in their personal relationships. So we have to look at that. And I think it's very natural sometimes for us to go to extremes where what we know and then we have this societal change where all of a sudden there's an influx into a new area. And what tends to happen is we lose the balance. And by balance, I don't mean 50-50. I mean your balance because everybody has an individual need for what works for them. And yet we have, so when I look at the fact that so much energy is being devoted toward women and the sense of empowerment and being out in the work world, well then let's take where all your energy is focused and very much aware right now and let's leverage that so that we can get your relationships back on track where you want them to be. So Mm -hmm. taking a business approach to your relationship is very much, again, about being aware It's about being clear about setting a mission statement for what it is that you really want, being clear about what that looks like, just like you would if you were building a business and you want it to be successful. And then you've got to be accountable for the actions that you're taking that relate to the success of that relationship, just the same way you do in a business. It's an investment. It's an investment in you and it's an investment in the results that you want to get. Again, it's like really, really, um, residing that place of choice and authentic power. So I think that's just beautifully put. Again, it's, it's so different than anything I've heard from anyone else, but it, it seems so accurate, very, very accurate. So I, I just like that so much. Um, I know you recently appeared on E. I love that network. On something, is it called Opening Act? Oh, yes. The, uh, it was a new reality show this year called Opening Act that Nigel Lisko produced. Yes. And you were working with a client on camera. What was that like for you? Oh, I loved it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, the camera loves you too. I don't know if you're insulted (laughs) by this, but you look like Charlie, uh, uh, Halle Berry's little sister. You are so gorgeous on camera. You have the most perfect little beautiful heart shaped face and you're so brilliant. The camera just, you need to be on the camera. You need to be on camera with this. So yes, tell me more about that experience. Well, you know, there's like a lot of layers of it that were exciting because I I have acted on camera before as an actress and just done a few bit parts and it was never my focus. It was always something that kind of would end up in my lap when I was writing and doing other things and it was a nice little supplement income wise. And, but I do love working in front of the camera and I started to just develop this passion for being able to take what I do since it's very fast and find ways to get it in television because I noticed how many times I would see shows that, you know, I'd think, oh my gosh, I would be so great on there. You know, like they need this, that person needs this and no one's telling them. And that would just (laughs) crack the code right there, you know? 
Yes. So what ended up happening was this summer, uh, a producer who I knew called me and said, listen, you know, we're, we're producing this show and they had hired a, a therapist from Beverly Hills and apparently she just didn't work. I mean, she just, her style and everything else, she didn't relate to, there were only a couple of people that needed it and I guess it didn't go well and they said, we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to use any of the footage, but we actually have someone who is, is our golden, it's, he was like the best of the best. You know, he's obviously opening for Lady Gaga in Australia. You know, the kid can sing. And he was going through some really difficult things. And I said, listen, you know, this isn't for TV. Like, this is serious. We need, we need help for him because he is getting paralyzed to the extent where we think he's going to blow this opportunity. And he had already had an opportunity on American Idol where people were aware of the fact that the pressure from the relationship he had with his mother had largely played into him sabotaging himself and, 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 and he ended up losing that opportunity. So this was huge and people loved him from a personal standpoint. So they brought me in to work with him. And, it, you know, it was great because the thing is when I work with people, I don't have any, like I don't use any workbooks or have a set of questions. You know, for me, it's so individual. And I really think of every single person as having their, their own spiritual and emotional DNA, so no matter how many people I've worked with and what I've seen, I come in totally clean, like, okay, who are you? What's going on? And so for TV, it was really like I said to him, listen, I know we've got cameras surrounding us and we're going to get into personal stuff, but here's the bottom line. You know, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. The universe worked this out. I need you to forget about the cameras and just focus on me because this is really about your life. This is serious business. So I want you to get everything you can get. And guess what? They're paying me, so it's free. <laughs> just like, so he, you know, we, we had those few minutes. You know, we had just those few minutes before we started. And honestly, it's such a it's such a personal process for me with people. And I, I mean, I love them. So once we started talking, he forgot all about the cameras. I, I mean, we both did. You know, and so that's what I really loved about it. But more than anything, it was that excitement of being able to combine you know, several different things that I love, the TV medium and my work as a strategist and helping somebody and have that all be together in one lovely melting pot. It was like, yum. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Now, now, how is this guy doing? What happened? I need the rest he, of the story. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is doing great. I've actually seen him, you know, a few times because after, after we filmed, he said, I want your card. He was just hugging and he didn't want to let go. And he just felt Aww. really, really supported. So we, he's in LA now. And so we get together, you know, at least once a month we get together and we have like a three hour lunch and we go through everything that's going on and just get to visit with each other. And, you know, he's, uh, he's getting ready to record some of the music that he wrote and he's just, he's doing great, but he's really listened about setting the boundaries. It's making such a huge difference. And what's cool is that his sister who is still back in the Midwest where he's from, you know, she wrote to me and said, you have no idea how much this helped me too, because she's living a similar life in terms of just what she went through with the mother. And, you know, one of the things that I really held him accountable with is I said, look, this is not about your mother and her ideas. This is about the fact that you've decided you have to please her and you know that what you want is against what she wants. So that's where the reconciling has to take place is with you and you need to let her be who she is and then you'll be able to figure out how you're going to have her in your life. And so he had never really heard that before because people always went to this place of, 
you know, trying to blame one or the other. And I said, there is no blame here. However, there is you being aware of all the dynamics and then you being accountable for how you need to act and the responsibility you need to take as a man. That's so powerful. There was so much right there that just kind of would just put it in a nutshell and, and, and so succinct. And, and, and that's what I love about you, Charlie. It's like clear, direct, forthright, you know, and when we do take responsibility to heal, when we do start making ourselves more important, when we do start to cultivate healthy boundaries, it doesn't just help us in our lives. It does. I think it affects in our families. I think it ripples out into the world because when we heal, we don't heal alone. So when we say yes, taking personal responsibility and healing, it can literally transform the world. I, so I just love this. I love this. You're so, you're so um, right on target from my perspective. <laughs> well, thank you, Tammy. <laughs> uh, it's a, you, you do. You really embody that, that we can have it all. We can live our life purpose. We can find our authentic shape. We can be intelligent. We can be prosperous. We can be successful. We can be in love. We can, we can have it all. So I love that you're such a shining, brilliant light in, in that regard. And, and I think it would give anybody hope to have you be their cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the biggest thing that, and obviously, you know, one of the things that held me back when I was younger was this feeling that the more attractive, the more successful, the more pleasing or acceptable person was the, this person who, you know, was perfect or near perfect even. And it was, it was really forced on me through going through those traumas and having things happen to me that really pulled me out of that category from what I could, you know, see in myself and realize, wait a minute. You know, it's about making our imperfections serve us perfectly. It's about owning. That. It's true. I we think the desire to be perfect is, yeah, the desire to be perfect is actually toxic. It's much better just to find our authentic shape and be loving. Well, if so we we're about yeah, we're, we're going to go to break. We're going to go to break, Charlie. And when we come back, I want you to share those three strategic steps with us for uncovering the source of our blocks so that we really can step into our our perfect selves, which is often imperfect. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Charlie Emery and she's going to help us recycle those things in our lives into gold. So hang on. We'll be right back with Charlie Emery. Before there were computer games and HDTV, cram courses and teaching to the test, there was this thing called imagination, a tool so powerful it could transport kids on the most amazing journeys of their lives. From outer space to center field at Yankee Stadium. It is for these journeys that Destination Imagination was created. An extraordinary after-school program in creativity and teamwork for every child. At Destination Imagination, teams are formed and challenges are met with a whole lot of imagination. And while we can't guarantee it'll get your kid into Harvard or onto American Idol, we're pretty sure that Destination Imagination will be the most important journey they make this year. Maybe any year. Parents, teachers, start a Destination Imagination team by calling 888-321-1503 or visit DestinationImagination.org. That's DestinationImagination.org. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called InventNow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention so you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on, and lost cats stick to it. 
That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Ranger Station, Ranger Speed. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? Uh, in the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires fires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh. Get your smoky on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smoky Bear, the US Forest Service, your state forester and the Ad Council. Learn more at smokybear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, you beautiful people, lovely souls, and my good friends. Thanks for hanging out with us here today on Journey to Center. We are spending some really fun time with Charlie Emery. She's a personal strategist, TV personality, and the author of, thank goodness, you dumped his ass. Use those Mr. Wrongs to lead you straight to Mr. Right. So, Charlie, I'm enjoying you thoroughly. Oh, thank you, Tammy. It's so great to be here with you. So much fun. So, before we went to break, um, I mentioned that you're going to share with us the three strategic steps for uncovering the source of our blocks so we can get to where we want to get to. So, I am really excited mm-hmm. about, about hearing this, these nuggets of wisdom from you. All righty. Well, you know, when we're talking about being thankful for challenges, which is not always easy, let's face it, right? Yes. One of the easiest ways to be thankful for a challenge is to recycle it into the tools and wisdom that's going to propel you forward. So three steps to helping you figure out what it is that's going on is the first thing, you want to pinpoint the source. Is it a person? Is it an event? Is it a relationship? Like you mentioned, Tammy, a relationship, you know, that suddenly ended, Um, Is it a condition or is it even just a bunch of different experiences that have happened? Is it just a a accumulation of all these different things that you feel like haven't been going your way and so you're just feeling down in the dumps? Figure out what it is. The second step is assess your role, okay? I have a Charlieism in my book called Blame is Blinding and Binding because when you blame somebody else, then you become the victim. And when you blame yourself, then you become the martyr. So you don't want to be a judge or a martyr. You want to really access your power by honestly assessing how you participated. It's not about it being your fault. It's just what were the events, what were the actions that led to you being there at all or even how it went down? What mm-hmm. created that equation you're experiencing and what can you learn from your current equation that you can't apply to create a new, you know, that you can apply to create a new one? Okay, the third thing 
is identify what you've decided about you and your life since this happened. This is the most critical, critical step, and this is definitely a life changer. It's one of the things that changed my life so quickly and helped me heal after, you know, repressing a trauma for years. I realized when I said, how did I do this for seven years and not be me? When I thought about what did I decide about me and my life, I realized I had told myself after these things happened that I could no longer be me and I could no longer have the life that I was planning to have. Well, naturally, when I put a mandate like that out, it didn't matter if it was just something I thought about when I was driving in my car. I obviously followed it. And there's a lot of times when on a very, very subconscious level, we say something to ourselves and we don't really think that much of it. And we may not even be conscious of how strong we're feeling when we have that thought or we make that statement. And yet I realized seven years later that that one thought created seven years of a life that was really inauthentic to me. So that's, you know, look at what it is that's going on, assess your role in it, and then say to yourself, what have I decided about me in my life? Because that's where you're going to be in the position to be able to figure out the other little rules and beliefs you've put into place that actually aren't true and you can change them. And once you change them, you're going to change the course of your life. Yes. I I just see that as the opportunity to get to that little nugget of gold or that diamond, using that pressure from, from life, the stress and chaos of life, to getting to that really, that, that, that jewel. That's, that's really so succinct. That's very, very, that is a powerful process for sure. I, I, I'm going to sit with that and, and work with that in a particular area of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just as a bonus, since we're talking about, you know, Thanksgiving and being thankful, as, as a quick bonus, one, once you've done those three things, you know, and you've identified what are some of those rules and those beliefs now, and, and you can figure out which ones are true and which ones are just illusions or false that you've been living by, that's when you can, rela- you can replace them and make corrections to them. And then you can begin to look at, okay, now that I've had this experience, if, you know, now that I've learned how to do this, if that's the only thing you learned was how to now look at your experiences differently and figure out your roles and where you need to make corrections to get something different, it's already been worth it. And that's really what being thankful for your experience is about, is being able to recycle them into something that propels you forward and becomes useful to you because now you don't feel like your time was wasted. That's so true because we can beat ourselves up and that keeps us, I think, heading in the wrong direction in our lives. If we're beating ourselves up and judging ourselves or blaming ourselves or anyone else, that's not going to bring us to our desired destination. It's no, that, that I have a, things you talk about. In fact, I've got a visual for everybody out there. Okay. I use this for me to just make sure that I could catch myself whenever I fell into that trap. Okay. Whenever you're in that place of just feeling like, oh, I'm so upset, it's their fault, or feeling guilty where you start beating yourself up, I want you to picture yourself on one of those hamster wheels just running incessantly (laughs) because that's what you're doing. It's exhausting (laughs) and I'm not getting anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're just going to be exhausted and more time will have gone by and you'll say, I didn't get anywhere. (laughs) The the terrain hasn't changed one bit. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I love it. Very accurate. Again, it's very, very accurate. So there's a couple of other things here that I'm really excited about addressing with you. You talk about um, the difference between empowerment versus independence and how we can use these qualities um, most effectively. Can you tell me more about that? 
Yes, this is huge, especially for women out there, because we got sold a bill of goods. Okay, the last, especially the last five years, we've had all this stuff about women's empowerment, and it's had this very emotionally defensive tone to it. I don't need you. I can do it myself. And that's been, that's kind of been the new model of the empowered woman. She can stand alone and do everything herself. And you know what? That's not really empowered. I was just reading about um, how Oprah is, you know, coming together with Huffington Post to come up with a HuffPost Oprah. Now we know how successful Oprah is. Clearly, there is empowerment to come through collaboration, right? We have the yes. same thing Target and Neiman Marcus just got together. What a pair that is. Two incredibly successful brands now coming together. So when we look at people and we look at relationships, we have to recognize that empowerment isn't about being alone. Independence, okay, is not necessarily about being alone. Independence is about being resourceful. It's about being free from the influence of others or the force of others, being able to think and act for yourself. And what we've done over the last several years is mistakenly intertwine the concept of independence with empowerment in a way that's actually disempowered us. Because when we as women are running ourselves ragged, trying to fill in every hole and take care of every responsibility and at the same time saying, nope, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, we are not empowering ourselves. When we use our independence, our ability to be resourceful, our ability to act for ourselves, to make the choices that say, okay, this is what works the best for me, and by the way, I need you to do this, and we delegate and we pull other people in and have them help us, now we're empowering ourselves. We really need to start looking at the difference between the two and saying, no, let's Let's be independent and be resourceful and think and act for ourselves. And then let's use that to empower ourselves. Mm, so true. I, I think, you know, rather than dependent or independent, we're interdependent. And to me, what I see in my mind's eye is the MasterCard symbol. It's like boundaries, two circles overlapping, not becoming enmeshed. That way you're not doing the power plays. You're just solid in yourself and you respect yourself and your partner's solid in themselves or whoever else you're choosing to interact or create or dance or play with is they have their boundaries and it is it's a lot more fun to to create and play and and hang out in the world when you're in that posture so I, I think that that's so powerful so powerful and something else you talk about that I find really interesting is the neediness versus vulnerability it's like vulnerability is actually a good thing, but a lot of times I think people perceive that as being weak. That is not your opinion, right? Well, it's been, I think it's, I, absolutely, and I think it's one of the byproducts of the fact that we redefined empowerment in a way that actually makes us run around and do way more than what we should be doing. And it also, you know, takes men out of the equation a lot. You know, when you're out there wanting to attract a relationship and you're leading with this emotionally defensive stance of, I don't need you. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were building a business and you said to every customer you met, I don't need you, by the way, how well do you think you do? <laughs> you see what I'm you're saying? You're sitting there alone. Yeah, you're sitting there I mean, alone. We, <laughs> we really have to look at those kinds of things. And unfortunately, you know, with this whole idea of being strong, like, like somehow, first of all, we don't need to be men. You know, there's a reason why we both have complementary qualities and, and some of them overlap. And there's a reason for that. And that's because when we come together, 
we balance each other out in a lot of wonderful ways, whether you're talking about in business or you're talking about a personal relationship. And so, you know, when we look at vulnerability, because I think it's been such a strong focus in the business realm for the last several years, the last decade, you know, women have taken this role of, I, I have to appear strong, I have to appear strong. And so showing any vulnerability, they look at as being needy, being weak. And we really have to look at that as two different things. You know, when you're needy, it's, you're, you're not fulfilling yourself. You're not taking responsibility for at least even understanding what your needs really are so that you can discern when you want to pull something in and when you just need to revise your perspective. You know, but being mm-hmm. vulnerable, that's about feeling. That's about being open. It's about being honest. Mm-hmm. And it's about embracing what it is that you're actually feeling. And I mean, imagine when we're suppressing that in ourselves and our ability to be honest about that, we're setting ourselves up for, we're setting ourselves up for disease, for ailments of all kinds, and for total, I mean, stress, stress that's through the roof that we don't need to have. Yes, I love it. This is really about being able to find your authentic shape, live your truth, live a life of authenticity, honesty. And, and to me, that, again, is, is uh, the core principles of authentic power, of, of power. So something else you talk about, and I just love, love, love this, humility, how important humility is and how humor can help empower us. I'd love to hear more from you about those two qualities. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, the, obviously, I love to work fast. And the biggest thing to helping people get really honest so that we can get there and get it done is humor. You know, we we take ourselves way too seriously. You know, the fact that we're so afraid to show a flaw, to show that we couldn't do something right or that we, and, and I don't really do a lot of right and wrong. I think about more of people looking at choices instead of saying, oh, I made a mistake. I didn't make the right choice. Well, no, you made a choice. So let's look at what it yielded. And so the thing is, with humility, you know, humility is an interesting thing. It's actually incredibly arrogant of us to assume that we're supposed to know everything. It's actually really arrogant when you think about it. And it's so when silly. I say bring it, you know, bring in some humility and recognize that you didn't come in with all the answers. And so actually, if you can engage a sense of humor and look at some of the choices you've made and say, oh, my gosh, you know, now looking back on that, it's almost humorous. And I can see, look at what I did. Look at the chain of events, you know, that I may have contributed to going into motion. It's such a relief because on one hand, you're being humble enough to recognize you're not perfect. And so you don't need to hold yourself to this idea that you were supposed to know to do it a different way and thus supposed to do it a different way. Instead, you can just look at what you've done and say, okay, where do I need to make little corrections so that I get a different result? That's so true. You know, I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, okay, so clearly, you know, there is a source that's moving the planets around the sun. It probably knows things about my challenges that maybe I don't. So I'm just going to relax and ask for insight, support. In the meantime, I'm going to be real nice to myself. I'm going to get a massage and I'm just going to be kind to me. So I, I think that that's, that's very true. And to, to be humble, to stay in our humility, I think is absolutely vital if we want to continue to uh, expand in our consciousness. It's so true. And you know that the, the best part about it is, e- is even while we're talking about expanding your consciousness, the bottom line is when you 
possess more humility about you and what you're actually able to go out and do in the world and what's going on for you, you get a break. (laughs) I mean, literally the truth, you know, the (laughs) truth does set you free. And when you're humble with you, you're able to see the truth about you, about everything that's going on with you. And it's a wonderful thing because it really gives you an opportunity to take that pressure off and identify when you're just putting too much pressure on yourself, that's unnecessary. You know, do you really need to have everything done in the time that you said? Well, sometimes you just happen to put that schedule out there. But if you actually take a step back and look at it and ask yourself, am I just putting, am I the one that decided all that needs to happen at this time and and does it really need to? And let me look at what would happen if it doesn't. You'll realize how often These are self-imposed restrictions, limitations, obligations that you can take off when you humble yourself to say, hold on, not superwoman, but I can be a superwoman to me, (laughs) thus feel a lot better. And guess what? Everybody around you is going to experience the real superwoman because the stressed out, aggravated woman is not the real superwoman. No, I love that. What I'm seeing is the visual of getting off the gerbil wheel and relaxing in a hammock with a nice book and maybe a pina colada or something. <laughs> I don't know. We used to that do that. I mean, we, we used to do that. I can remember my mom, you know, prior to cell phones, I remember how much she used to love going to the grocery store because she was just going to be with her thoughts and kind of, you know, tinker around and look at this. And, and we don't give ourselves that anymore. So, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, guys, leave the cell phone in the car sometimes, like put it in the little, you know, I know we don't want it to get stolen, but, you know, or turn it off. Like, just give yourself time here and there, because when we were talking earlier about awareness and accountability, one of the reasons why our awareness is so low right now, and you absolutely can build it, which builds your, your own intuitive skills, is because we're not taking time to just be with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, even when people are out there dating and they say, oh, there's nobody online. I said, you know what? Take your face out of your cell phone. Do you realize that before we had the Internet, the majority of people met through friends and on the street and in elevators and in airports. But because we're so in the technology and into this and into that, we've all kind of created these little pods that we walk around in and we miss. So many wonderful people and experiences we could have. So true. And so, you know, just give yourself that time to be with yourself without anything Mm -hmm. else taking your attention. And you'd be amazed at how much more you'll start to get in touch with yourself. Mm, I think it's true. I think it really opens us up to have a more direct relationship with our soul, which I think is something we all want, whether we know it or not. It's that, that sense of being present and peaceful. So I love what you're saying. We're not not really human doings, we're human beings. And we need to create those pockets of peace for ourselves so we can just relax and, and enjoy this process a bit more. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, you want to be able to take notice of what's actually going on. Because yes. so much I hear people saying, you know, I remember when this happened, this happened. It's like, I should have enjoyed that more. You know, and it's like they're looking mm-hmm. back on it and they're kind of having more enjoyment now looking back on it than they did at the time because at moment. the time they were just yes. focused on the next thing, you know, and we really do want to give ourselves that time. And I always take time in the morning and sometimes when I get in my car, I'll just resist the temptation to make a phone call and I'll, you know, I'll just kind of like have a dialogue right in my car saying, oh my God, I'm, I love this. I love that. I'm excited about that. And, you know, there's plenty of stuff going on in my life that it's, I got to work hard at this and I got to make that. Oh, and this is me. You know, there's, there's always that. 
So it's up to us to remind ourselves that there's always the other and tap into it. Beautiful. So beautiful, Charlie. So um, how do people get a hold of your book or get a hold of you if they need more Charlie Emery? They can come visit me at my website, which is you can either come charlieemery.com. And Charlie is C-H-A-R-L-Y-E-M-E-R-Y.com or Charlie Sense, which is like common sense, only Charlie Sense. C-H-A-R-L-Y-S-E-N-S-E.com. Visit me at my website. You'll see I'm just getting ready to do a whole new website too, but well, not a whole new one, but some changes. But you can come on there and you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, right, right on any of the pages on my website. I also have, um, you know, a Q&A that you can use if you'd like, if you have like one pressing question you want to ask me. And there's all kinds of videos and come, come check it out. I would love to hear from you. So much fun. And so, Charlie, just quickly, we only have a couple minutes left. Do you have anything coming up, any books or TV projects and the works that we can keep our eye out for? Yes. Okay, really quick. Thank goodness You Dumped His Ass is being published in a second edition in early 2013 because there were just a couple of things that I knew needed to be added. So it's going to have two new chapters, and that's coming out in early either January, February 2013. I'll have the info on my website. I am producing a really unique web series that I am totally excited about for women called Intercourse and Dessert. It is a completely unique, positive, fabulous, yet juicy and entertaining reality show with an amazing cast of women that range in age from 40 to 73. Amazing wisdom to be gained from this show, and yet you're going to have a great, great time. That is something I'm producing, and I'll do a soft launch of that sometime in January. Again, I'll be putting that information on my website. And then I've got two new books I'm outlining that as soon as I get uh, the second edition of Thank Goodness You Dumped His Ass out there, I'm going to begin writing those. So lots of stuff for 2013. Yeah, you're a busy girl, but I don't sense you're on the gerbil wheel. I think you're just, you're kind of flying. <laughs> you're kind yeah. of a rocket ship. I love this. Yeah, Very I've got, I've got a, a couple of big production companies that I've met with because, of course, after I was on opening act, then I got a fantastic agent who said, we're taking you out there. So I've got, you know, three different entities here, a studio and two other major media production companies that are all saying, we're going to create a show for you. So I'm excited when you have three different sources. It's like, okay, well, now I can just write and do my other stuff and you guys can create the show. So we'll see. I'll, I'll obviously any soon as something comes through in that in 2013, you guys will know it'll be on my website. Oh, that's so amazing. I'm just so excited for you. I think the world's a much better place because you're here. And I just want to commend your courage for recycling those really challenging experiences in your life and gleaning the gold and sharing it so generously with anyone who wants it. So I I just, um, I'm so grateful for you, Charlie. I'm so grateful that we were able to spend this time together. I think there was so much value in in this time that we're spending together. And I know our listeners and guests are are just uh, grateful as well. You're just amazing. Thank you so much, Tammy. It's been such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. And I want to, I want to connect with you again very soon. And my listeners, I want to connect with you as well. If you want to get a hold of me, go to my website, TammyBPhD.com, or you can write me at TammyB at TammyBPhD at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. You have questions, you want support, you you have somebody you want to have on the show, you want to be on this show. Love to connect with you. Also, find me on Facebook. Find Charlie on Facebook. We love to connect with our friends there. So take care of yourself. You're in our hearts. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.